You're listening to the already cancelled podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. Let's put a smile on that face. These allegations are false. Watch your profanity. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? What is up, hypochondriacs, and welcome to the Already Cancelled Podcast, where we rant about social issues from our Christian perspective and look deep at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My name is John, and I'm joined today by my esteemed and laughing co-host, Nathan. How's it going? Uh, you always surprise me with whatever it is. What up? What up, people? You know, it's, it's always a, it's always a new one. <laughs> try to, I try to keep you on your toes, you know? Uh, well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm keeping busy. You know, work's keeping me keep me swamped, and, yeah. and the Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's it's, schedules are all coming out. So. It's gonna it's gonna be here before we know. Like yeah. we know it's October, but the election is less than a week away now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's it's insanity. I'm and, not sure I believe it. But. And less than a week away from the election, we confirmed, if I'm not mistaken, and and I mean not just confirmed, but she is now sworn in. Sworn in, and I believe they were going to work this morning reviewing some cases. We nominate or sworn in, swore, swore, words today, Nathan. Man, <laughs> uh, we nominated, no, but well, Trump nominated, Trump nominated Amy Coney there Barrett, Help and me then out the here. Supreme, uh, the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, um, passed that through, confirmed yeah, the nomination, they, they voted on her, and um, they confirmed her in, in the full I, Senate, and then they swore her in, uh, just the, the just a few nights ago. I think it was like last night. Well, it was last night, but when they hear this, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just just recently they swore uh, her in, and um, this makes the third nomination for Trump to the Supreme Court. That's incredible. Um, Huge deal. And, and, and you could not, I listened actually to a portion of some of the, one senator in particular, it was the first senator that spoke at the uh, official vote on the Senate floor, and uh, it was our, Dear friend from New Jersey, uh, Cory Booker. Oh, good old Cory Booker. And he had nothing, not, nothing really good to say about her. But of course, he attacked the process more than anything. And, that's that's the know. only thing I've seen them attacking during this is the process. They really don't have anything bad they can say about. Oh, well, they better Amy watch Coney what Barrett. they say. Um, she's an impeccable candidate. She's um, a Wonder Woman to say the least. She yeah. has seven children. Yeah, God course. bless her. Um, and adopted, I think, what, three of she's them? She's adopted two, two children. Two, okay. uh, one's also uh, special needs. I thought she had three kids adopted. I think it's only two. Oh, okay. And yeah, I know the one, the one has Down syndrome, I believe? Yes. Yeah. Um, so she's she's an incredible woman, but um, immediately, I think they've got her going to work. They'll be uh, looking at some cases, uh, I think, the, the day before the election. So um, obviously, the election will not be the first thing that hopefully... Uh, they don't even have to see, but it won't be the first thing that she rules on. And and you know what? I hope the election is fair and unbalanced and that it never reaches the Supreme Court. But it's a, the one that they harped on, the case that they harped on like crazy was the uh, there's a case coming uh, forth from a bunch of attorney generals of a bunch of states, as well as the Trump administration, which would basically gut portions of the Affordable Care Act, thus ruling it null and void, essentially. Yeah. Um I haven't looked into the case, but what I do know is the argument that they've been presenting, which has been horrendously saying that, you know, it could be that, you know, millions of Americans will just suddenly lose their insurance coverage. Well, uh, maybe, but also, I I don't know if Trump's going to just do that. Obviously, they may rule it unconstitutional, but there may be contracts that are still binding until, 
you know, with insurance and so on. I don't yeah. know how that works necessarily, but what I do know is I would hope that if that is true. Okay, let's let's take a if, if all right. Yeah, yeah, fear. Um, hypothetically the Trump would obviously have a plan in place in the Republicans and so on to say hey we're not going to leave you without coverage of course yeah I, they're not monsters despite what the media wants to paint them as um, it's it's been interesting I saw a clip this morning of like the top five um, meltdowns over Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation and it's crazy um, I think the one that really struck me was there was this video that this girl did I think she was like in the shower, or in the middle of a bath or whatever. Obviously, it was like, you know, shoulders up or whatnot. And she was crying because she'd just gotten this um, notification about it. And what really struck me about that, I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. Um, I think I think it's a boogeyman that the media has made up. I mean, obviously... Well, I think America's number one, public enemy number one, is the media. I agree. And the, the thing that struck me about this uh, meltdown that she had, I don't know if I even like calling it that, but she was talking about how scared she was. And while that fear is misplaced, um, I still feel bad for her because it has been built up by the media. And just as, you know, while a child's fear of the dark is misplaced, you don't tell the child, oh, get over it. It's fine. You still comfort that child and you still feel for them because of that fear. But you also know like, hey, like there's nothing to be afraid of. That's how I kind of look at this a little bit is the media has created this boogeyman of orange man bad and they're out to get you and if X then Y and um, they've really created this and they've they've stirred people up to this fear that is truly misplaced. And so I feel bad for this girl who was crying in her shower because um, this magnificent candidate of a woman was, you know, sworn into the Supreme Court. Like that's... And it's it's sadly turned into... (sighs) an episode of just solid, just fear, and oh my goodness, it's going to be a conservative court. I'll be honest, okay, from an unbiased kind of perspective, they've been given a pretty fair shake for a long time to put forth their uh, liberal-leaning views in the Supreme Court. It has not been a solid conservative Supreme Court for a very long time. And the conservatives um, are definitely more likely, I think, that we've seen to vote to swap size on votes on things that um we'd normally otherwise think that they would vote against or um vice versa like they're more likely to play to the other side of the aisle if it makes sense they're more likely to be fair and balanced in their approach it doesn't mean they're all going to be but it means that they're going to take a fair shake look at it and and really evaluate whatever they're looking at fairly um and uh, did you see what uh uh, Joe Biden's vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris said about the whole. I did not see any of that today. Uh, I don't know if she said it today or or when it exactly Early was, but um, it was it was after the confirmation and it was about stacking the court. And she didn't. She said, "Well, in regards to stacking the court, I mean, I think we should expand, uh, not just, and it may not even been relation to this seat being open, but it was a comment she made, and it was during her." presidential campaign or during vp um i think it was during his her vp thing but she basically came out and said i think we should expand all courts meaning circuit courts federal circuit courts basically all federal courts should be expanded because the last time they were expanded was like you know a gazillion years ago and we should expand them because the population's expanded now there is an argument there that i understand and an argument i don't so 
we created circuit courts in different parts of the country. There's one in Kansas City. There's, you know, one's other places as well. Uh, there's one in Washington, D.C. There's one in California somewhere, maybe more than one. But what it really boils down to, obviously, uh, expanding the courts, the number of justices on a court, I don't necessarily agree with. Creating more courts, I also don't disagree with. So yeah. that one because that one because listen, our population has increases, the caseload is bigger and it's, it's backlogged. It's hard to have justice, you know, swiftly applied um to cases. You know, we've seen cases, especially these big ones that, you know, pop up in the news that take forever. You know, it's it's a year after, you know, someone is shot before we finally hear a verdict on it. At least. At least. And so I would agree. I think um our system has become bogged down and Justice does need to be swift. And it should be thorough. And thorough. Of, yes, of course, it should be thorough. But, um, you know, whether that is... I don't think adding more judges to the same courts is going to help anything. No. Um, if In fact, I think that actually just creates more of a problem. Because, you know, once you have... Uh, what's the saying? When you have two people... Uh, between two people, you have three different opinions. Well, and it, You know, you yeah. get five people, seven, seven people. You know, you had... 13 judges to the court and then suddenly you know they'll never be done discussing and fighting and arguing and they'll have so many different you know op- opinions and viewpoints well, and you've also got the the pure and simple idea of using the judicial arm of our government as a political tool that is where i fundamentally have a problem with it is you're saying well i want to use it to advance my goals now obviously every presidential every president has the ability and opportunity to appoint judges, and obviously they want to appoint judges that most closely ally, um, not ally, but... Align? Align, that's the word. With their specific ideology and beliefs. Well, that's constitutional, and that's okay, but the idea of, well, because, a.k.a. Orange Man Bad, Trump has appointed all these judges, we should then just grow the courts and... Reverse that. So we can appoint our own people that will then outweigh his appointees. Yeah, that's not the way it works. Let's say for posterity's sake, Joe Biden was to win. He has the opportunity and will have the opportunity and will appoint judges that meet his his criteria. That's how that's how this goes. You know, Obama got to appoint judges. Bush got to appoint judges. Clinton got to appoint judges. That's how this goes. There's, that's Obama the, got Kagan and Sotomayor. I don't know if he got anybody else. but That's, that's the balance of... Um, the, the, the justice system, you know, we have, um, the checks and balances of our governmental system and with the two party system, there's an ebb and flow of power that goes back and forth and it's natural. And so this sudden urge of, oh, we don't have the power anymore. We're going to have to, you know, do everything that we can to gain power again, as opposed to just naturally let things play out as the will of the people is crazy. Well, and and it really boils down to, you know, this election. Yeah, I think this election um is monumental. I I I know that's that's been said about every election every year. Um they always say that this is the most important election, but I think truly this year, this election, we are one election away from losing our freedoms. Well, and and it, it does surprise me if you look back in history, and that, and that, and we should learn from our history, and we should observe our history. We shouldn't destroy it or tear it down. And and it's a ju- subtle jab, I guess, but we should uh, 
we should take a look at it and say what what is it that's happened in the past in countries uh, who have a sort of Western outlook at on things that's happened in a very short period of time. Well, Germany is one, and I don't want to make a comparison to Hitler or anything like that, but let's even make the comparison of, of Russia, okay? And the czars and the downfall of the czar, um, who is essentially a king, monarch, and uh, the uprising and chaos that ensued, and then Stalinism, or a.k.a. Leninism, took favor and communism came about yeah it doesn't take all that long once you start to create the chaos it doesn't take all that long that's not saying that's where we're headed i'm not saying that's the exact direction we're going that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is transitions from one style of government to another can happen very and surprisingly quickly so in essence what i'm saying is Every election, every presidential election, every election for senator, representatives, and even your local government always makes a big impact. And when people say, oh, my vote doesn't matter, um, uh, yes, it does. And, and that's where I, you know, well, I absolutely detest seeing a voting commercial every other ad tell, harassing me to go vote when I'm already going to vote. I, it should be a civic duty that we just do. And, and it really boils down to yep. freedom versus more government. Do you want personal accountability in this election? Or do you want government to tell you what the safest, what the best way to do it, th- something is, you know, how to protect the environment, how to, how to, what you can buy or can't buy, a.k.a. the stupid light bulbs we have to buy now. Um, you know, but really it's, that's it. That's what I'm saying is, do you want to let the government tell you because they somehow have the the knowledge and wherewithal to make the right decision? Every, everybody in Washington, D.C., there's a giant group of people in one spot on the left. No, that's the right east coast. Oh, boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> everybody in this one well, isolated spot. <laughs> that's true. They are west of Great Britain. Located on the east coast knows what's best for you and I in the Midwest for those in the Pacific Northeast, Pacific, that's Northwest. Boy, howdy, my directions today. Uh, they don't know, and that's, of course, that's why they're, they're from these different places, but it's still, it's hard for them, you know, up in, in you know, the, the Senate and the uh, House of Representatives, sitting up in these buildings, the bureaucracy. Just, just talking to each other, not out and talking to us. You know, Nathan, when was the last time that you got to talk to one of your representatives? Oh, well, that's because I worked um, in our state capital. Okay, for a while, okay. The rest of us. I mean, you know, it's been over a year. The rest it's of us, you know, do not have. And of course, like they all say, oh, call your representative. That's all well and good. For you to actually get a hold of your, let's say federally, okay. For you to actually get a hold of your representative or senator federally is almost zilch. But the, the, the idea that they Chance. know what's best for us in our daily lives is crazy. And so that's where the idea of big government versus small government come in. And what you said, Nathan, I don't know if I can say anything better or more eloquently than you already did, but I'm going to butcher it anyway, is that they don't know what's best for us. And so the idea that they should mandate every aspect of our lives is crazy. Well, there was a Clean Waters Act uh, that was implemented by the EPA and was going to literally restrict for farmers landowners, you know, you name it, dry creeks that fill up when it rains 
in the spring and or fall or whenever it rains and then dry out, they're going to restrict the usage and accessibility and you were going to have to pay for it as your landowner to, to, to keep things from accessing it, meaning equipment, vehicles, cattle, horses, livestock, dogs, uh, you know, to some degree, okay, they were going to have you pay for or the restrictions on your stream. And if you violated those, there were fines or things in place to, to basically punish you for it. What in the world? Obviously, I understand that the mega farms producing millions and millions of gallons of just manure and, and all kinds of nastiness shouldn't be dumping it into a stream. Okay, yeah, there's a problem there. But that doesn't mean, like, a cow cooling itself off, drinking in the water, one cow is going to kill us all. Or <laughs> your farm dog, you know, rolling around in the water to yeah. cool off on a 100-degree day. is It's gonna... like, what in the world? It's just, it's gotten to the point where... um I heat my house with an outdoor wood furnace. The company that built that wood furnace. Now I also have gas heat too, and I when I don't want to do it, you know, I'm too lazy or whatever. But um, when when they that company, Empire is the name of the company that was the company that manufactured it, is no longer around because the EPA restrictions were too stringent, and basically the company couldn't make money because ooh, wood smoke bad. Um, and killed the company. They're no longer around. And that's what we've seen out of um, this pandemic with, you know, having to shut the country down um, for arguably or not good reasons. Is Joe in favor of a national mask mandate? Basically. Joe is in favor of a national mask mandate. But we saw we had to shut the entire economy down to try to put a stop to um, this coronavirus. And I know that's going to get picked up by all the search engines and we're going to get triggered and Instagram's going to flag us because we mentioned coronavirus. <laughs> Gosh, I hate that. I do too. Every um, single thing. But, <laughs> you know, we had to shut the economy down. And we've seen that because of doing that, um, millions of businesses, millions of small businesses that have not been able to get the money from the government or have not been able to, you know, somehow squeak out business have had to shut their doors. Well, it's not the small, small. It's not the big businesses typically that are hurt, you know, exponentially. It's the small ones. Walmart, Walgreens, and I'm not. I'm not CVS saying necessarily. Made, Target have made a lot of money off of this thing, but the small businesses in this country are just like, wait a minute. And I'm not saying that, you know, doing the shutdown to try to limit the virus was necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying it was a good thing either. I'm just pointing out that. Because the government made a blanket statement for the entire country that did not, you know, take into account, oh, this town in Montana has, you know, such a small population that it doesn't really matter. People can go out. They'll be safe. Well, it, um, it, it doesn't it, take into account the vast differences that we see even across, you know, your own state. If you drive 20 or 30 minutes, you know, east, west, north or south, what kind of differences are you going to see in you know, where you live and the, the cities and the restrictions and the places that you go to. You know, we live just, you know, 30 minutes out from a giant metropolitan area and we see vast differences between that and where we live. And so the idea that a blanket statement can cover them and also us and still be good for the goose and the gander just doesn't make sense. Well, and, and, it, and well, and I wouldn't say the federal government mandated that we shut down because South Dakota never did. But uh, I will note 
the federal government strongly encourage via the bureaucracy, CDC, and everything else, Department of Health and Human Services and everything else, that we should lock down and recommended that these were good things and, and slow the curve and all this jazz. And maybe there was something that, that was good that came about it that we'll never see because we haven't experienced the alternative. And that's okay. I'd rather not experience worse. But um, the whole idea that, you know, oh, goodness, you know, federal government's recommended this. It must be true. It must be the answer. Well, it was a novel virus. It was a new thing, a new experience. They originally predicted how many, roughly, how many deaths? They predicted, I think it was well over 2 million deaths um, at the beginning of this virus, at the beginning of the outbreak. And that was that was the projected you know trajectory of this thing. Is we were looking at two million virus or we've two million deaths. Two hundred plus. Now. We've had two hundred and we've had two hundred and twenty thousand. That's and that's on the generous side. Which I mean, of course, those that's that's horrifically sad. And that's two hundred thousand more people than you know. Okay, two hundred and twenty. Pardon me, <laughs> thousand more people that should have died than who should have died. But we couldn't expect that no one was going to die of this. Like that's. That's unreasonable. That's sad. But that's that's the state of the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world that, due to sin, has these viruses, has sickness, has natural disasters and pandemics. And it doesn't mean it's anybody's individual sin, but what it means is that the fallen world is a world of decay. It's a world of problems. It's not a world of nothing bad ever happens. It's, it's a thing that we see, you know, whether it's from the hurricanes that we've had um, quite a few hurricanes this year. Um, in the U.S. We got another one barreling toward Louisiana now. They've, they started, they ran out of alphabet letters and they started using the Greek alphabet. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it's a natural consequence of living in a sinful and fallen world. Um, and so, of course, like, people were going to die and that's, that's horrific and I hope that uh, many of them, or all of them, you know, had a chance to come to know the Lord, Jesus is the Lord and Savior, but... Um, to expect that no one was going to die is a little outrageous. And looking at how, you know, the projected trajectory of this versus what we, you know, ended up with, um, of course things could have been better, but they could have been a lot worse too. And and I and I would say realistically, this election and back to, you know, the criticalness of it and, and the importance of it, we are delving into a time when America will, some already have, but let's just say will make a choice, and this choice could not be any more clear. There is, in my opinion, and I, I think you might agree with this, John, you said there is what? That we are only one election away from losing our freedoms. And, and there is only one clear choice in this election from a Christian standpoint. You, as a Christian, and, I, and I'll briefly run through it, why, and very briefly, the major three points are he says he's pro-life and has implemented measures that confirm that. Yep. Um, whether or not he personally believes it, he implements measures that are. So, by Jove, he's good in my book. And then two, he has allowed states, he wants to give more power to the states and local governments versus the federal government, which is, in my opinion, from a Christian perspective, allows for more personal freedoms and personal choice. Okay. So you get to choose. That's, that's what God did through Moses with the tribes of Israel. They set apart, you know, there are 12 tribes. And then in each tribe, they set apart leaders of those tribes. And then in those tribes, they then split them down even further into subgroups with leaders of each group. 
and then down into the families. And so, you know, that's that's God instituted is, you know, passing down leadership to the smaller, more local, you know, obviously in Israel it wasn't necessarily government, but passing on the leadership to those closest to those affected and into that leadership. Well, and the and the third point I, I want to clarify, it, obviously the government is not a source for uh, whole truth. It is not a source for uh, you. We don't go to the to the government for the answer spiritually. Okay, that's what yeah. I'm trying to get at. You know, we go to Christ, the the scriptures that have been presented to us um, through the Holy Bible. And that's and that's where the separation of church and state kind of comes in. It's, it's we're not gonna have an, we are going to have an episode on that one. Not necessarily, but you know, the state is not the leader of the church. Um, while I think the church should be very active in government, um, we should not look to the government for our spiritual or moral guidance. But what I will, but where I was going with it is, um, Trump's America first, make America great. You could say again, or make America great, whichever. Okay in my opinion, is a reflection, okay, of the idea that we are to go to Jerusalem, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm not saying that they're preaching the gospel, period, okay? I'm not saying that, okay? I'm not saying, what I'm saying is there's a similarity to it. We, If we can't take care of our own, then why in the world do we think we can do it for another country like, you know, Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, you name it, give aid to all these other countries, while I'm not saying the aid we give is bad, okay, and is or is wrong or ill-placed or whatever, what I'm saying is if we can't take care of our own problems, what gives us the authority to go out and say we can do it for others? You know, we're supposed to fix our own house before we go out and fix our neighbors. You know, America is in dire need. I, I was traveling this weekend and drove through a, a couple small towns here in, in our great state, and... Uh, they were towns forgotten by time. Manufacturing left, and these beautiful mansions, and beautiful architecture in these buildings and homes are, are left to, 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 to ruin. And it's because we as a country have forgotten to take care of our own. It doesn't mean give them... If you teach a man to fish, he will stay fed. If you give him a fish, he'll be back for more. You and know. that's what our government has done, is they've been giving out fish day in, day out for years, and they haven't taught people to fish. Or they've at least allowed them to. They've <laughs> they've created a reliance on the government, and I think some of that is, um, you know, on purpose to continue to get people to vote for your party because you keep promising them things, left or right, um, which I think is wrong. I think that... Um, the, the purpose of the government is not to provide welfare and, um, you know, all these things for people while they should help in some ways. I think that's the role of the church. And I think the church has failed to um, really step forward and take up that mantle. And therefore, we've just we've handed it over to the government. Um, so like you said, I think this is a very consequential election. We have a very clear choice. Um, between freedom and, you know, losing our freedoms. And I don't know about you, Nathan, but that's something that's weighed heavily on my mind. Um, I've, I have I would be lying to say I haven't been anxious or worried about the outcome of this election. Um, 
that if, um, you know, we lose the election, that the world that we know will change drastically. And that's been, honestly, that's been pretty frightening for me. Well, and, and I will say that, you know, that fear is not irrational. Um, there are there are reasons for that, and obviously you wouldn't be afraid if there weren't some reasons for it. But we always have to remember something. Yeah, we have to remember that no matter what, God is still sovereign and he's still in control. That um, the governments have been set in place by God, that he has established not only our governments, but he's established the whole earth, and that this is not our eternal home. And so that with that with that reminder, with keeping, you know, the kingdom, um, his eternal kingdom in mind, it helps make, um, you know, the things of this earth a little a little less frightening. Um, I think, you know, especially for me, I've been, um, I've been, you know, thinking over this for the past few weeks. I think the biggest thing, and, ooh, we forgot to talk about this, Nathan. We forgot to talk about the uh, last presidential debate. Um, but I think after that debate, you know, I was, you know, we, we both would agree that it was a very good debate. Yeah. Um, but after that, you know, I was filled with this joy and like, oh, man, that was great. And then I got hit with the, but what if? What if he doesn't win? What if we do lose our freedoms? And so, like, that that was came upon me. And since then, I've been just kind of taking that back to God and trying to pray through that. Um, and I think the big passage for me that I've been going over is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, which say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And and I also have one here. Um, it's Isaiah 40, 21 and 22 that I'll briefly share and then we can go over these. It says, Do you not know? This is Isaiah 40, 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. That is uh, Isaiah 40, 21 through 23. I think both of those are very strong passages. Um, I think yours from Isaiah is a great reminder to us that no matter what, God is still in control. I think it shows us um, the smallness of um, our problems. Not that he doesn't care, but it shows us um, the smallness of our problems in comparison to how big and how great he is. That he sits enthroned, encircled above the earth. That rulers rise and fall um, you know, at his will, and that he's established all governments, I think is a great reminder to us that he's still sovereign and great over all of these things. And I think that, um, you know, this passage from uh, Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, is a great reminder to just continue to pray over these things, that um, whenever you have anxiety, 
Um, however that manifests itself in your life, um, sometimes, you know, for me, I'll have like a tightness in my chest. And sometimes I'll get that and I don't know what I'm anxious about or that I, I don't yeah. even know that I am anxious. Yeah, I get that too sometimes. And so at, at those times, sometimes I'll just start praying for like my friends and people that I know because I'm like, okay, maybe something's going on with somebody else. But, you know, however that anxiety manifests itself in your life, you know, take that to God. Pray, just hand it back over to him. Pray that to him. Um, if you can't, if you don't have the faith in that moment to trust God for that, you know, talk to some friends, talk to family, ask other people to pray for you. But, you know, give all of that back to God through prayers, through petitions, through thanksgiving, and he will provide you with a peace that passes all understanding and this, you know, struck or jumped out at me um, just recently after reading this, that will guard your hearts. I think that's really cool that he will give us this peace that will guard our hearts. Um, you know, not necessarily will he protect us from all troubles. You know, Jesus promised us that we would face persecution, that this life would not be easy, that we would have to be countercultural, that we would be canceled, um, but that, you know, he would be there and that, Truly, truly, you know, not that he would protect us from that, but that it would be worth it. Well, and it, it, it really boils down to God is in control. He has this. The government's on his shoulders. Now, that does not leave us with the excuse of not to vote and, you know, just let God do everything. God has put us on this earth as a purpose, and that is to follow him and do as he would do. And I believe part of that is in this specific country— it is to vote in accordance with the candidate that stands most, more closely with Scripture. We're humans. Candidates are flawed. Okay? If we haven't figured that out already, uh, <clears throat> wow. Um, just go back. Go back. Read your Bible. Yeah, yeah. Look at all of the characters in there, except for Jesus, and you'll find characters and people with flaws. Yeah. And, and so what I'm saying is, you know, I think it is part of our civic duty this country and, and thus is part of our duty as a Christian in this country is to vote in accordance with someone who stands up for our beliefs. And it doesn't mean our personal beliefs. It means our beliefs that we are to hold from Scripture personally. Okay, um, Whether or not you may have been pro-choice at one point and still think you are or you say you are, Scripture says, when I knit you together in the womb, you know, before you, know, you were formed, I knew you things of that nature you have means life has meaning and so thus you know god's kind of saying you need to follow that and and so i would i would say in regards to god being in control let's say for argument's sake that biden does win or trump wins either way we will continue to be unashamedly christian we will unashamedly God-fearing and unashamedly voice uh, have a voice. We will not be silenced. We will continue to stand up for what we believe in. We'll continue to pray that the Lord would help us to do that because it's, I don't know about you, Nathan, I think um, you've always been a very bold person, and I've looked up to that, but... Um, at times. At times. I, Sometimes that boldness comes back to bite me. I have to be a little more... But, you know, that's that's <laughs> something that we'll continue to pray for. Like, you know, like Nathan just said so eloquently, like, we will continue to stand up. Um, it won't always be easy, but we will pray over that. We will, um, you know, work on rooting ourselves in Scripture, in God's Word, and um, 
you know, refreshing ourselves with the Holy Spirit day in and day out to make that stand, whether it's going to be easier or harder, whether we have the religious freedoms um, to do so, or that we have to stand up alone like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a field of people bowing to a giant idol. We will stand up. We will do our best to stand up. I can't promise that we will always be perfect. We'll make um, mistakes, and, and you're free to correct us. I think we I think we made that perfectly clear in our first episode, and I think we've made that perfectly clear in the mistakes and blunders and um, word slip-ups that we've made throughout, um, that we will not be perfect. But we will be doing our best to stand up um, for what's right and for what's true, and we will be doing our best to encourage you to do the same um, in your life, and we hope that we can um, be that encouragement for you and... Um, be a refuge for finding a little bit of uh, maybe joy, maybe laughter, um, but hopefully um, that we can, you know, help encourage you to do the same. And you'll be hearing from us on a wide range of topics now. Um, We're not just going to talk about politics our entire time. As you've seen, we we did reference from Scripture. We're going to delve into after this election season and our upcoming podcast uh, some deep issues uh, that are, that are that are challenging to Christians in today's world. We're going to talk about you know everything from relationships, and uh, we kind of mentioned a little bit of this in the first episode, but we just want to refresh uh, relationships. We're going to talk about you know always keep our ourselves politically informed. You know, in, we'll in talk short about detail. culture. We'll culture. Uh, we of course we can't forget about Kanye. We'll oh, yes. uh, keep up oh, on yes. the Kanye the news. Kanye. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that we we will be delving into some of these hot topics and some of these things that are challenging for a, a Christian. And if you're not a Christian and listening to this, this is uh, we're going to do our very best to to everyone actually, not just those who may not be a Christian, but to everyone, we're going to do our very best to proclaim uh, or or talk about an issue in the best way possible and, and do our very best to keep it as sound scripturally as possible. Now we may make mistakes and you're free to email us with a, with a gentle and, and constructive criticism, please. Um, we are human <laughs> after all. And so we, um, we're going to do our best and we're going to try to talk about these issues from a young person's perspective. Um, and, and I think this is, this is great to, to have a voice out there and be able to share this because, uh, too often, us young people, um, we we can always look to the elders or the older folks in the, in the Christian um, uh, the, the realms, not the right word, community. but the Christian community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we should, and they do have a lot of wisdom to share. But at the same time, sometimes the issues that are indicative to our age generation can be singularly issues for us and as as paul uh said to timothy said do not let anyone look down on you because you are young um but set an example for those around you and so that's what that's what we're here to do is um i mean we're not getting any younger that's for sure no but uh we want to set an example and try to encourage others around us um to stand up for what's right to you know live a holy and godly life um in a culture that makes it very difficult and so that's what we're here for um, we're here to, um, you know, go go against the ca- count, can't cancel culture. Boy, howdy, words today, man. <laughs> it's a good thing we're wrapping this up. It's uh, we're we're here to go against cancel culture um, to say things that are um, politically incorrect, because you know political correctness is not only overrated, but oftentimes it is anti-biblical. Yeah, it silences the it silences the truth in favor of feelings. 
and in so, many times, in many ways. And you know, sometimes we will hurt um, your feelings. We will hurt each other's feelings. I'm sure. Um, we will hurt, you know, feelings. But that's because you know the Christian life is not to be lived on feelings. Um, and so we're going to do our best to um, try to weed that out of ourselves, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, encourage you to do some weeding in your own life as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to to our uh, our next series of episodes and to to uh, is this a, is this a season? I don't. Well, no, no not no, season, no. but you 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 know but our I'll, next our upcoming episodes. How about that? Definitely. Uh, that that being said, we probably will not be doing an episode next week around the election. Um, we're going to, uh, take that week off, try to, um, hopefully we can enjoy the election. We're going to, you know, take a look at that and, um, and we'll delve into it and I'm sure and cover a little bit above it in the next episode and kind of our thoughts on it. And, and, you know, of course, if there's a winner declared, unfortunately, I don't think we'll have a winner on November 3rd. Um, I think this, the way that they're at least painting this, it's, going to go into the mail-in ballots for sure yeah um which is where it gets tricky with voter fraud and all of that but again something that you know we've been praying over um that god would you know allow um what he would allow and that he would um you know thwart any plans that he does not want to happen that are not according to his will and so you know the only evil that can happen is that which god allows um and so you know, they can try to voter fraud their way through this election or not. and Hopefully um, not. We'll see, you know, but w- whatever happens, however it goes, um, we're still going to be here and we're still going to stand up on the truth that um, God has clearly la- laid out for us in all of these things. And it and it may be a challenge and, uh, um, you know, of all those uh, covering the election here, and we may not necessarily be thrilled with the results. I'm, I'm praying we are, of course, but... Um, I, I encourage you all to to share uh, this podcast with your friends and others who who you know might be interested or, sure, or maybe need to hear it. Make sure you go out and vote. Encourage those around you to vote. Encourage them to vote righteously and vote responsibly. Respo- vote responsibly, indeed. Uh, go out, be educated on whatever um, amendments and extra um, bills and ordinances are going on in your state or your local area. Make sure you know what's happening. And and where where. Uh, where can you find the Already Cancelled podcast, John? I know we, we're continually adding new new places. Um, you can listen to the Already Cancelled podcast on Spotify, which I know many of you already are. You can check us out on iTunes, or I guess that's Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, They're getting Podcast, into iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're working on getting onto Google, and so that'll be coming up soon. If you like Google Podcasts, you can check us out there. You can check us out on Instagram at Already Cancelled Podcast. And there's a link in the description uh, that talks about uh, that sh- shares with you our Buzzsprout um, link yeah, where you so can listen th- to it. There'll be a link in the description with all of this stuff. You can check us out on Instagram at Already Cancelled Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Yes, we did end up getting a Twitter. Uh, at Already Cancelled Podcast. Actually, the, the uh, Twitter handle is at cancel underscore this underscore pod. Uh, Twitter's a little weird with what was allowed and what we couldn't get anymore and what was already taken. But if you search up the Already Cancelled Podcast, you'll find us on there too. And we appreciate all your... All your uh time listening to this and we hope that you find value in in what we have to say and we look forward to speaking with you uh next time on the already canceled podcast fellas you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound i can't believe you've done this thank you for your patronage i'll be back oh that's hot
Not a single thing he said is accurate. Bye! <laughs>